Welcome to Colonial Church's Deep Dive series. These sessions are meant to act as a companion to our messages, where we speak to our pastors about what went into the creation of the messages, flesh out some of the larger points, and get insight into what they hope some of the takeaways are, while also getting a preview of what's to come. If you haven't already listened to the companion message, we highly recommend doing so beforehand. Otherwise, we hope you enjoy these and grow in them. Hi guys, Chris here. We're here for another episode of Deep Dive. Um, today I'm really excited. We have with us, of course, Tommy. Hey, hey. And today we actually have Pastor Jill. Pastor Jill, say hello. Hey. Yeah, we're really excited because today Pastor Jill brought a message actually called, Did You Get My Message? <laughs> and we're it's hard just, to say, right? Yeah. yeah. I brought a message called, Did You Get My Message? Yeah, it's a little <laughs> bit, it's a little bit mind, uh, messes with your mind a little yep. bit. Yeah. Um, and actually, this was a message that you gave last week, or a version of a message you gave last week, right? Yep. At Woven Sisterhoods, which is our women's ministry here in St. Augustine. If you haven't been to it and you're here in St. Augustine, you should definitely come and check it out. So um, with that, though, you you gave this message already, but then you kind of revised it. What mm-hmm. what caused <laughs> that? What was, the, what was with that? So I had a word definitely on my heart for, for sisterhood nights, um, and I, I delivered that. I felt like that was what I, God had for the women of our city. And then I left, and I was like, yeah, that was like, thank you, God. It was definitely the word for that season for our ladies. But I got in the car, and it was literally like God just downloaded a fresh message out of the same passage, and I was like, did you just one up like yeah, the last yeah. one or what do I, what do I do with this? Cause it was like three points. It was just so clear. And I just felt like God said, I'm not done with this word. And it was all Luke one. So like, how do you even give like the team notes for Luke one? Like here verses one through mm-hmm. 56. Yeah. Like <laughs> you can't, the, like, all of it. <laughs> yeah. So it was actually really exciting to, to hear God like revealing more to me yeah. in that moment and then feeling like, man, I really have a burden for our house to hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's exciting. I was going to say real quick, just before we get more into it, has something like that ever happened? Like, do you feel like no. you've ever like had like <laughs> messages that like you found out, like you heard afterwards, like, nah, this isn't done yet. Like, right. No, I think I've had, I've walked away going, oh, I wish I would have also said this mm-hmm. or like, oh, here's one more thing that could have been strong. But you know, I'd, I've never walked away and gone, same passage, brand new revelation yeah. of a message for yeah. our house. That's yeah. awesome. I know for us, uh, for those of you who might not know, Tommy and I work on production here at Colonial, and we've definitely been in the booth in the morning, and you've sent us new notes for a completely different message <laughs> yeah. than the message you yeah. were planning on giving. Yeah. But yeah, I guess like taking a message that you already had ready and then revising it, and the, right. that's, that's crazy. And it's kind of, it's it's amazing how God works in this sense, because the message you gave today just talked about listening to God. And clearly this right. is <laughs> you listening to God. Thanks yeah. God for the message. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So did you get the message was the title of this message. The title. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to yeah. say message about 6,000 times in this one. Um, <laughs> and there was really a, an incredibly strong point that you made that has stuck with me. And I've been thinking about it ever since you said it. You said it in the nine o'clock service. You said, sometimes God is the thunder and the earthquake, but often he's in the whisper. And I was like, well, I'm going to write an album (laughs) titled (laughs) that. I'm going to write a book about that. I need you to unpack that sentence and like explain that to people because that is incredibly powerful. Yeah. 
I think it's, I go back to Moses on the mountain, you know, when, you know, there was wind rushing and there's an earthquake. There's all of these huge things that you, you expect God because he's so big and he's so vast to be in the big sometimes. And we miss that he loves surprising us in the small. Mm -hmm. It's like life, right? Like we wait for this huge moment to happen for us to like our lives to be radically changed by the power of God. And yet some of the things that change us the most are the smallest and like a, like an unfolding, like a domino effect, if you will, like of one thing falling, one thing changing it, that actually brings like the biggest change in our world is when the little things change. Yeah. You can have one massive change yeah. and people are like, wow. But it's usually the things that most people don't see. Mm-hmm. They don't realize have impacted you the most. Yeah. That's awesome. I know yeah. for me personally, um, in my faith, listening to God and like hearing God speak in my life has always been one of the most challenging things for me. And I think a lot of it stemmed from, I just assumed that when God spoke, it was always a burning bush, loud, like you said, thunder, lightning. Like it mm. wasn't, it wasn't that subtleness, that that whisper inside your chest, that mm. kind of like pulling on you, that mm-hmm. just keeps pulling on you. And now. I don't want to say as I've gotten more, more mature in my faith, but as I've, I guess, dove deeper into what God has for me in my life and what his word says for me, I feel that more now. It's like that s- constant pulling, like that's God. Like that's mm. that's mm-hmm. his little nudges. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's, and I'm kind of recognizing that more. And I guess that does come with maturity. I guess that does yeah. come with a better understanding of like, your faith because not everything is a Charleston Heston movie like not everything right. is you know <laughs> nope. and God spoke unfortunately and, I mean that would be pretty cool if it was yeah so no, we have to um go back here because it's not Moses it's Elijah <laughs> oh <laughs> well, I'm like it doesn't feel right it's not it's not right no nah, well God God spoke to Moses as well <laughs> God yeah. also spoke to Moses we'll yeah. but we'll... not in that context <laughs> not in that context um, but this is what it says in in First Kings, and this is where that saying comes from. Um, the Lord appears to Elijah, and he, he says, "What are you doing here, Elijah?" And then down a little bit further, the Lord says, "Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by." And then it says, "A great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, which is amazing, hmm. and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind." After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, so he's hiding, like, because of this crazy, like, earth-shattering scene that's happening (laughs) in front of him, which, why wouldn't you be, like, tucked away? Um, This gentle whisper comes. And when Elijah heard it, it says he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Um, And a voice said to him, what are you doing, Elijah? And essentially God is there in the whisper, which is just incredible. What an incredible scripture. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. In So in that idea that God is present in the whisper and like that's often how he speaks to us and... Mm -hmm. For me, there's also a fear of missing that whisper. So what would you say to someone who perhaps has missed that whisper? Or is it even possible to really miss that whisper? Well, and I think to also like expand on that question a little bit more is like on the heels of this margin series, like there's just so much mm. noise, right? Yeah. Like there's so much stuff to filter through so you could miss it just because you haven't yeah. right. like filtered, like you haven't maybe tuned your ears or your heart or, you know. Um, 
so yeah, if you've missed it, sorry, if you've missed it or if you just haven't, um, uh, like filtered things properly or mm-hmm. like those types of checks. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I actually just think of at the beginning of the message when I was talking about your inbox being crazy full in your emails and black Friday, like annihilating all of us with email overload. Mm-hmm. When you think about, I think I said when you subscribe to everything. So essentially you subscribe to nothing yeah. because you can't get through it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot like that. I think it's like self, a stock take of where your life is like the margin series. What is the noise in my world? Yeah. What is filling up so much of my life that I actually don't have time to pause mm-hmm. and find what's important? And do I need to like call some of these things out of my brain space or my visual like noise so that I can see what's actually important? And it's the same thing with the whisper The you know, sometimes God is in the fire. Sometimes he is in the thunder and you know, yeah. but sometimes he's in the whisper. And so are we aware enough and like, do we want to hear from him? enough to say, show me God, show me where you are. What do you want to say? Are we stopping long enough to actually ask the question? Even what do you want to say here, God? Mm -hmm. Or like, what do you think about this? Or I think it's just having the heart to know God. That's what he, that's what he delights in is when we're like, I actually just want to know what you want to say to me, God, about this or about this next season or this thing I'm struggling with. Yeah. God loves that. Yeah, like actually being sought out, mm-hmm. like or actually doing like you know seeking him out. And yeah, all that. yeah, so good. I also like how you brought up um, when you talked about God's promises, and you said that like not one of them is empty, mm-hmm. and how we are like constantly checking God's voice or what we perceive as God's mm-hmm. voice against His promises, and that's mm-hmm. where we find like the truth in that. And that, yeah. to me, that was really awesome because I think often the world hands us so many empty promises. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this. We talked about this a lot in the margin series, just how culture right. and God's word don't line up a lot of times. And that's that's the thing we live in. We live in this broken world where we're handed empty promises all the time, mm-hmm. but not a single one of God's promises are empty. Right. And to me, that's so refreshing and so kind of um, spirit lifting to be under that covenant of like, yeah. hey, God has made these promises. And he says like, I'm going to fulfill them. Test me in it. And mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. we'll be proven right. You know? Yeah. Right. So that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So in your, in your message, you know, in Luke one, we're talking a lot about Zechariah and, and the promises that he's receiving. Um, when the angels come and appear to him, he's, he's, he's hearing this word that, um, his son, John is going to have, is going to be filled with the Holy spirit, which is something that more or less is something that we're comfortable with in like today's, like, right. like church and Christian culture. And, um, but that's just not how things happened. Like back mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, like, can we get a little bit more into that? Like, yeah. So if you think back about the times God would appear, like revealing himself to somebody, people would hide their face or you couldn't see God face to face or you would die. That's the holiest of holies, right? Like the curtain right. that separates. So you had to like, there was all of these qualifications, all of these ways that you had to go about doing things because you couldn't be in the presence of God without mm-hmm. dying because he is good and perfect and we aren't. Right. And so God would speak to people face to face and they would hide their face or he would send an angel to, to deliver a message or a prophet in the Old Testament. Um, and what's so incredible is like in this prophecy... As, as Zechariah is getting this message, he's like, your son is going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, even in his mother's womb. 
Yeah. And to have the presence of God stay with you mm-hmm. like constantly for us is like that's what we live with now. Yeah. But for them, it's like you I always have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. But you went from having like, oh, the fear of God, I need to hide my face because he's so holy, to like us now knowing the tenderness of the Holy Spirit inside of us. It's a big jump. And so to have that message, like mm-hmm. Here's, this is what your son is going to live with and he's preparing the way for the Messiah, the one that we've been waiting and waiting and waiting for, the hope of the world, like the hope of the, the that people, of the Jewish people. Like it's just like, I can't wrap my head around it. It's so wild to think mm-hmm. what they would have been processing. Like, what does that even mean? Like that the Holy Spirit would be with him and in him. Yeah. Even in his mother's womb. Yeah. Well, I think it's really, I think it's really kind of interesting too, though, because in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's all these descriptions of the divine that are really fantastic. And like, they kind of define, defy words rather. Like Mm. when you look at revelation, like say, for instance, there's descriptions that John gives us that we know are simply because there are no words to describe what he was seeing. And I wonder too, if Zachariah experienced this idea of like, my son is going to experience something that I can't even put into words. Like I have, and maybe, you know, he lost his voice and there's something there, you know, but it's like, (laughs) To, to be without the spirit, like we take that for granted. Mm-hmm. Like it's this comfort that we don't even know is there, but to yeah. be cut off from that or to never have experienced, like to be cut off from it would be destroying, obviously, but to have never even experienced it, like yeah. that emptiness. And I don't want to say they were empty, but there is an emptiness there, right. you know? Like, There's mm-hmm. a closeness that comes with the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And I think we experience that when you when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you get saved and you encounter God mm-hmm. in a way that you're like, you encounter the Holy Spirit, if something shifts in your life. And it's hard to put that into words, except for it's an, it's an encounter you have with God that changes everything about the way you live your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, that is the closeness and the tenderness and the power and the might of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Yeah. And in like, so basically in this story, we're learning about like when this when these experiences like first started happening on in the world. And I feel like a lot of times like that Holy Spirit filling up John, not that it gets like lost in the story. Like a lot of times when you hear that story for me, I focus more on John becoming like the, who's like preparing the way for Jesus. And I don't even really know if I've even read that in this way. Like, Oh, he's actually like, this is another crazy thing is happening here with him being filled up like this. Right. Well, and you have to think too, he's, he is foretelling what's about to happen. He's mm-hmm. he's prophesying that Jesus is coming. He's preparing the way for people to turn their hearts toward Jesus. Yeah. And if if God puts a task like that <laughs> on your life, mm-hmm. you have to be full of the Holy Spirit to be able to complete it. And totally, so I think yeah. there's something there. You see the Holy Spirit throughout the Old Testament. You see especially yeah. the Holy Spirit in Nehemiah. And you see... Um, you see, you can find revelation of the Holy Spirit all the way from Genesis to Revelation, yeah. for sure. So that's like, it's just the indwelling of the Spirit that I think is really important in this passage, just in relation to what it looks like to get a message from God, to hear from God, and then to believe what He said, and then to walk it out. Yeah, there's something so powerful in that idea that it might look impossible to you. Mm-hmm. But as you start to walk it out, God, the spirit of God inside of you is going to give you what you need to be able to see it through to completion and see God's faithfulness come to pass in your life. Yeah. But without the Holy Spirit, 
inside of you. It, yeah. it, it's impossible to do it on your own. And that's yeah. why it says, he said to Mary, the angel said to Mary, nothing is impossible for mm-hmm. God, nothing. Yeah. But you take God out of the equation and all of a sudden it is impossible. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny because I think, like Tommy said, you know, I've read this story and read these passages over and over again. And something new always kind of jumps out to me. And today I think I experienced that. But it was, I think, I'm thinking back to when Pastor Nathan Finocchio was here. And I've read it many times, but the way he described it and the way he explained it really set with me. But it was this idea of when, when Jesus says to the disciples, like, I'm going to leave you, but things are going to be better. Because, like, mm-hmm. you're better off because I'm leaving because you're getting this. Like, right. the, the, the Holy Spirit. Like, it's the culmination. And I feel like that starts with this story of John. You know, like, he's paving the way for Jesus. And Jesus is actually paving the way for us to have the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And, like, it's this culmination of 2,000 years plus of, you know, existence. Yeah. And mm-hmm. this amazing story, which is really kind of incredible when you think about it. So. Yeah. Which started with just Zachariah saying yes. Yeah. Like with a yes. A questioning a little bit, like <laughs> yeah. lost his voice. But eventually he said yes. And and you know, that's like it's it's wild to think that just that yeah. Just that simplicity of saying that yeah. changed everything. Really? Yeah, just believing that God will do what he said he'll do. Yeah. yeah. Mary too. Zachariah yeah. doesn't get all the credit. Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> Mary, the mother of our Lord. <laughs> <laughs> she gets some of the credit. Wow. I love uh I love in this series or in this message and the last series we just did, the margin series, there's so many practical takeaways. Mm. Um, so I'd love to talk about when you, you gave a quite a few practical ones. Yeah. Um, great. And I liked two in particular where you said like, get interrupted and don't interrupt. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm really bad about interrupting people. Yeah. You'll hear it on this podcast. I'll interrupt people oh, all the time. So but th- can you just maybe explain those a little bit more and like kind of s- parse out what you meant by all that yeah yeah i i actually those are aside from check yourself before you wreck yourself get interrupted and don't interrupt (laughs) we're a couple of my favorites because it's really easy for us to be so focused on what's happening in our world that Mm -hmm. we don't hear the whisper and that's kind of like going back to the beginning like the whisper is often where god is and so if we're not willing to get interrupted by a still small voice then it's easy for our busyness to be what causes the the missing it's not because god's not speaking it's just because sometimes we just have to quiet our world and not live on like the adrenaline pace of life and wait to hear from god so so getting interrupted in the middle of your everyday you know zechariah was interrupted in the middle of uh worshiping you know he was in Mm -hmm. the middle of church that would be like church for us you know in the middle of that moment, he was interrupted. Mary was in the middle of her everyday life. And interestingly, Elizabeth gets interrupted with the news and she hears it through her husband. So mm-hmm. like God can use all of these different ways to speak to us. And we just have to be willing to be interrupted in our everyday and go, all right, like mm-hmm. that seems crazy. Yeah. <laughs> that seems yeah. impossible. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that, but yeah, okay, God. And then don't interrupt is like, you can... Start hearing God, and I think I said this morning, you know, don't finish God's sentence for him. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're like, yeah. yeah, yeah, I know that verse, or yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I know that truth or that promise. And mm-hmm. so we, God starts to say something, and we almost like cut him off and finish the sentence. Yeah. When you just don't know. You don't know what 
God's going to say. You don't know how mm-hmm. he's going to speak. You know that he's always, it's always going to line up with the word, with the Bible, with what he said through the word that's living and active and breathing. You can always check the word God gives you in a moment to his word. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you, you can't interrupt in the middle of it or you might miss the good part. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody yeah. stops your story and you kind of tells it for you, you're like, oh, like you kind of just killed the momentum. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think it's a lot like that. Are there any things that maybe you wanted to mention outside of the message that maybe didn't make it into this message that you thought were? <laughs> yes. Yes, there are. <laughs> Good setup. Uh, <laughs> well done. So we, there was practical tips at the end of each point, except for the last point, um, just because we actually got into some ministry time, which was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, there are actually practical tips to prophesy into your future and getting to that point. That's... Um, it's you can't miss that point prophesying to your future you can listen to the message and you can believe the promise but there is some like power in starting to live it out when you're not in the middle of it mm-hmm. yet you mm-hmm. know starting to act on a promise before you've seen the fruit of it and so a few things that i think are really help- helpful tips are um, to prophesy to your future are letting the holy spirit speak to you so let him yeah. speak into your world let him speak to your life invite him in I think sometimes yeah, we forget to just say, what do you have to say about this, God? And then, you know, shut up long enough to hear. <laughs> yeah. um, so let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Um, also write down the word or write down the promise that he gives you. That's good. So yeah. don't just like in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's in James. Um, don't, don't go like telling me I'm a liar now. But yeah. the <laughs> Bible says, don't just be hearers of the word, but doers also. Yeah. So don't just hear what God says, then start to do something about it. So write it down so you don't forget it. Um, and that, so that you can look it up. And then, because the next point is back it up with the word of God or scripture. Mm-hmm. So take what you've written down and go, all right, God, show me in your word where this is true of who you are and what you've said. Um, another one is just talk to somebody about it have some accountability mm-hmm. for, for what God said to you. Cause you can kind of get a word from God and then pretend like you didn't, if it's not convenient. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone. Totally. But if somebody knows, yeah. then you have this accountability and they're yeah. like, Hey, how's that going? Or, mm-hmm. you know, did yeah. remember how God gave you that dream? Like, what are you doing to kind mm-hmm. of step into that? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last one is look for road signs of faithfulness. So as you start to step out on the journey, you might not be standing in the fruit of it. You know, you might like Elizabeth and John not be, or Elizabeth and Zechariah not be holding John yet, mm-hmm. but you're on the road. And so yeah. you start to look for the road signs of God's faithfulness. I think for Elizabeth, a road sign was Mary coming to her house. Yeah, That was like, this is a marker. Something is happening here. Like she wasn't holding her promise yet, mm-hmm. but she was, there was like confirmation that God was doing this crazy, miraculous yeah, thing right. right in front of her. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah <laughs> you like, let those like, like yeah, sink I'm just for a little bit. It's funny because we, we didn't include those obviously because of ministry time and everything, but the prophesy part of this whole thing is like, I think the part that, it needs to be hashed out the most, I mm-hmm. feel like, right. because yeah. it is such a scary and big concept for people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like in that Gifts of the Spirit class that Nathan led, it was like that was a, it was an eye opener for me. It was mm-hmm. an eye opener for a lot of people in mm-hmm. there. So I think, I think that's great. And I think it's interesting that with prophecy and speaking words like over yourself, like I, we take for granted the power of just like a singular word mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm 
literally like constantly speaking that over yourself. Right. And like I, for me personally, like I know like God put something on my heart a while back and it's like I've just been in this season of like constantly kind of speaking it over myself and reminding myself of that word. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm even though I'm not standing in the fruit of it, but like, right. I know that's coming, like, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm trusting him and I'm holding him to that promise. And it's like, that is prophecy. Like, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's a scary concept, yeah. but now yeah. I'm like coming to terms with it. I'm like, all right, I'm prophesying over my own life. Yeah. yeah. Um, which I think is incredibly powerful. And I think people will walk away from this who have experienced prophecy in one form or another and go, wow. Or maybe they haven't experienced prophecy and they go, but wait, I have. Right. Like I believed in that and like I felt a movement in that. That was prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's crazy. I, mean, I think we just give it other labels. Yeah. And like yeah. culturally in our world, we're like, I'm going to affirm myself yeah, with these yeah, words. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, actually, God just said you were those things. And when you start saying them over yourself, you're mm-hmm. prophesying that I am no longer what I was. I am who he says I am. Yeah. That's prophesying over yourself. It's just funny how like we can make it feel less scary by calling it something else. Yeah. When at the end of the day, it's not really scary at all. It's just believing what God says about you. Yeah. And you can find the promises of God. I mean, you can Google what are the promises of God and like look through all of those promises and you're like, this is who he says I am. So I'm not going to anymore say I'm those other things. I'm going to start calling myself these things. And this is where my future is headed. God says I have a hope and a future. So I'm going to prophesy that over my life. Mm -hmm. I have a hope and a future. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not this like ethereal concept. God makes it really clear what his promises are in his word. So you can just declare those, declare his word over your life. Yeah. And you call those things that are not as though they were. That's scripture. Mm-hmm. But if it lines up with his word, then it has power. If you're just going, oh, well, I would like a Lamborghini. That's not prophesying yeah. over yourself. <laughs> yes, that's yes, just saying, want, this yeah. is what I want. <laughs> yeah, this is me. <laughs> yeah. But it's just not, I. it can feel like this huge crazy concept to wrap your head around and like you need to be surrounded by angels and like the glory cloud with uh, a nice like yeah yeah, a nice uh you know instrumental music playing behind you so you can feel all the feels when it's really not that at all it's just choosing to be who god says you are and then speaking it over your life yeah and everyone around you yeah that's awesome and i think it's good too like there's that caveat that again pastor finocchio mentions it's like if it's coming from a place of love then it's from God. Like, right. so when you, you, I mean, we've heard people speak over other people, things that aren't coming from a place of love. Right. You're like that's, that's not of God. Like yeah. that's not God's mm-hmm. word. Totally. That's not prophecy. That's something completely different. Yeah. That's good. I'm curious if like prophecy, this is going to be discussion stuff, but can prof, is prophecy something that we could use practically in moments of like unbelief about a promise or something like that? Say I felt like at one point I've been promised, like mm-hmm. God's promised me something. It's going to take years. It's going to take time. The road's going to be rough, that type of stuff. We're human. Like faith and doubt is going to like, Mm -hmm. things are going to start going up and down and different things like that. Like speaking prophetic words over yourself, having friends speak prophetic words over you. Yeah. Is that something that elevates belief and elevates faith? Or is that just something that kind of can only work if you have belief? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it does. I mean, at least for me, like, when I shared that word, like of what God, I felt God said to me and like what I feel mm-hmm. like God is going to act in me, the people I, sh- I shared it with are people who I know are going to be like invested in that and they're going to check on me and mm-hmm. they're going to be like, okay, how are you doing in this? Like, what's this looking like? And they're going to speak those prophetic words over me in those times of doubt where I'm frustrated. When they need you, when you yeah, need them to. When I yeah. need them the most. So I think absolutely. Like, I think the same thing can be with yourself, you yeah. know, just speaking that over yourself yeah. just to give your, you know, 
I am trusting in your promise, God, even yeah. though I'm mad right now. Yeah. Even though I'm frustrated. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. I think it even goes back to the Hebrews 11 one. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That's faith gets stirred up when you remember that it's the assurance of things that you hope for, and, yeah. but it's having conviction when you can't see them yet. And yeah. then there was, there was a scripture I didn't end up sharing, but it was in my notes. And it says, um, Hebrews eleven six, faith opened Noah's heart to receive revelation and warnings from God about <laughs> what was coming, even things that had never been seen. And yeah. I just, I read that scripture and I was like, wow, here's Noah who had faith enough that God would open his heart because of his faith to receive revelation about something that was coming, something that had never been seen before. And so it's amazing how faith can stir up your heart to be opened. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're in the middle of like going, is this promise coming? Yeah. Um, Just stirring up faith and going, you know what? I can't see it yet, but faith is having an assurance that you have this hope for something, but you can't see it yet, but it's still coming. There's something to to making sure there's people around you that carry that faith and hold up your arms alongside you when you can't anymore and remind you that God did say that. And also having the faith that opens up your heart to revelation that might go, hey, what if this didn't look like you thought? What if God is answering, Mm -hmm. but it just, you had this thing set in your mind that God was going to answer and this is how it was going to look because it would have to look that way if God was really answering you. And God might be saying, I always come through. I'm always faithful. It just is looking a little differently than you thought. And that's why it's so important to be surrounded by people who know this is what God promised. This is what I heard him say, remind you of it, and then walk alongside you for the whole journey. Because sometimes Mm -hmm. it's long. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And sometimes it's disappointing, but like you got to have people around you that are reminding you that God is faithful. Yeah. It makes me always think about how here at Colonial, you know, we're one of our big mottos is we're a family Mm. and we live this life together. And I think Mm. there's like danger in living life alone. Like we know Mm -hmm. biblical like interpretation by yourself is not healthy. Prophecy by yourself is not healthy. Like if I heard a word and didn't share it with anybody, like who knows what my broken mind is going to do to that word. Mm -hmm. But like when you get it out there, when you speak life into it and you have others speak life into it, there's a, that's when God's in the middle of it. That's mm. when God's like, I'm going to reaffirm this. I'm going to reaffirm your interpretation of my word. I'm going right. to reaffirm these things. So, yeah, I think there's just has to be kind of, I don't want to say accountability, but there has to be a sharing of the load. Like, right. we weren't meant to do yeah. this alone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, so. I mean, that's what happened with Zechariah, mm-hmm. right? He yeah. immediately went and told Elizabeth, and the people knew, you know, the people knew about what was happening. Yeah. And then Mary gets a word, and she immediately goes to Elizabeth's house, yeah. There's just like this, I heard and then I went, yep. I heard and then I told, I, yeah. like a sh- immediate sharing of, oh my gosh. And it, sh- it should really be that way when you think about it. When we receive a word or revelation from God about something that he's promised us, it should make us so excited and so like, what? Yeah. That we want to run and tell somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't just sit on it. That's definitely not what it's yeah. intended. Well, yeah. it's funny how when you sit on things and you don't tell anybody and share your excitement, it kind of can become less exciting. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> totally can. Yeah. You're like two months later, oh, yeah, you know, God spoke to me like two months ago. Right. And it wasn't or maybe me. he didn't say it or maybe you know. I, Maybe that was just my head. Mm-hmm. Like, but when you share it instantly, like people affirm that excitement mm-hmm. and like that, oh, yeah, 100%, I see that in you. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm not crazy. I'm not just sitting alone. Totally. But, so yeah 
I also like that you said at one point in your message, um, this was another part that really struck out to me. You said, no longer am I the before, I'm the after. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I think there's a couple of ways of interpreting that. And I'd love to hear like really how you wanted that to come across. Like what were you trying to get out of that? Right. So I was really thinking um, in that moment, mostly about Elizabeth, you know, because the Bible describes her as she was barren. Mm-hmm. She was faithful. She believed God. She served in the house of the Lord, but she was also barren. Yeah. So there was this part of her that was like, oh, yay, like you're, you're loving God. You're living the God life. You're saying yes to him. But also everybody knows that you're barren. Yeah. And how painful that would have been for her, you know, mm-hmm. and how amazing that she was faithful to the house of God and she loved God and served him her whole life. And probably at that point was like, you know, that's just not something that's going to happen for me, but had mm-hmm. a longing still like for that, for a child. And then this word comes and all of a sudden it says your prayer has been answered like ED past tense. It's been answered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she's no longer the before she's the after she's yeah. no longer the barren Elizabeth. Now she is Elizabeth who is with child. Yeah. It's just like this switch that I think if we could, if we could hold that in our hearts, like that once God says it, it's mm-hmm. been answered. Yeah. It's yeah. not coming. He's done it. It's just the process of it maybe appearing or coming to fruition mm-hmm. in our lives might look differently for everybody, but we're no longer the before. Once God speaks something over our life, we are the after. Just like you are no longer um, in the wilderness. You're no longer slaves. Once you say yes to Jesus, you are a son and a daughter. You're mm-hmm. no longer that before. You're mm-hmm. no longer the separated from God. You are an heir and a son and a daughter. Like it's the before, the before to the after is everything. Because yeah. once you believe God, everything's different. Yeah. The practical points that you brought up um, on your second point and believing in the promise, but you said, don't look back while running forward. Mm. Like it's kind of like <laughs> yeah, that yeah, yeah. idea of like, what's behind you oh my gosh. is behind you and yeah. it's got you here, but you you have to have your eyes forward on that right. promise mm-hmm. on what God has said in your life. Like that's yeah, we lose that a lot. It's really easy to get caught up in the past. And you're, I'm, I'm a historian. I'm, I love the past. Yeah. <laughs> I love looking at the past. But when it comes to God's word and God's promises, yeah. like you can't, you can't afford to look back. Like yeah. you just have to keep your eyes mm-hmm. forward. I, I was like wishing we had a YouTube of a kid running. Like there's YouTube's where kids are oh running and they're gosh. looking backwards and they just like <laughs> into a pole. But it's literally like that. You have to remember God's faithfulness, yeah. but you can't run looking backwards or yeah. living off old experience. Yeah. You try to live your like faith journey off of, oh, when God did that last yeah. year or yeah. whatever, you start, it's like running looking backwards. Mm-hmm. You, sh- you can run with your eyes fixed on what God is doing now and actually gives you better direction and clarity for where you're going and helps you stay on course. You know, mm-hmm. you can't run yeah. looking backwards. Yeah. It's interesting too, because he's brought up... Um, Think about your history before you ask questions of God that you already know the answer right. to, <laughs> which, you know, tying both those I'm in. But terrible I terrible at that sometimes. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I think that's really key too because a lot of us do mm. forget again where we came from, who we are, and like what right. God has done in our lives, and forget those promises that he's already fulfilled. And we're just like, why yeah. aren't you doing this? God? And God's like, I did this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Clearly I'm doing something in your yeah. life. Like right. calm down. Yeah. Well, I think there's the point when God has to be like, do you even know me? Like <laughs> we've done, we've been here. Like yeah. we've done this. Like we've walked this road before. And you're like, are you sure you know where you're going? Like yeah. some, I found myself, this is no joke in the car sometimes like, 
I think even with Matt one time when we were driving home and I thought he was going to miss the turn to our house because he just didn't slow down when I thought he was going <laughs> to slow down. And I wanted to be like, babe, right here. As if he didn't yeah. know. Yeah, where you live. Right, yeah. where we live. But it's really a lot like that when you think about God leading us. When he's led us down a path before, we've been somewhere with him before, we've learned a lesson before, we've learned his character in, a, in an area before, and we start going, oh, but God, aren't you going to do this now? Are you mm-hmm. sure we shouldn't yeah. go here? Are you going to miss it? And I feel like God is like, I know we've been here. Yeah. Like yeah. we live here together. Like we've done this journey and it's so much like that. I, it must be real frustrating for God. It's gotta be. Right. I'm repentant right now in my heart. Well, it it kind of makes me think about like, this has been said in our church quite a few times, I think over the past couple of months, but this idea of like, we should never get familiar with the things that are happening in our lives. And mm-hmm. I think that's what happens is you get familiar with right. God and you take for granted and then you question it. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, what do you mean? Like, why aren't you, are you doing this? And God's like, I am working miracles every day in your mm-hmm. life. If you yeah. choose to see them or not, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, totally. so never to get familiar with it. Yep. So when you began this message, it was really interesting that you weren't simply like reading the scriptures that this anch- this message is anchored in. You were kind of telling a story. Uh, was that intentional? What was like, what was your hope for that? <laughs> Yes. So it's amazing when you're like, when I was like getting all my notes down and literally it would have been Luke one verse five through 80. <laughs> and yeah. so, We're you know, for 20 minutes, we'll yeah, yeah. So that could have been a long read. Um, and I really, lo- I love stories. I love when the scripture comes alive through stories. And I think Jesus spoke in parables. Mm-hmm. I think Jesus loves stories. And before we had our Bibles conveniently in our hands, translated into our languages and still being translated into languages, um, people told stories and that's how they passed down the word of God and they would memorize and tell stories. And although I did not memorize verses five through 80, I do, I lived in the story. You know, I read that the scripture, the chapter Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. And God just kept revealing it, it to me, things that he was saying and how it um, connected with my own heart. And I just think there's such power in sharing the story that you've been Mm -hmm. living in. Um, and I also encouraged everybody to go and read Luke one, because as you start to read it and you put yourself in those moments and those stories that people lived through this, this real life, living, breathing word of God, God just keeps revealing stuff to you. I think that's why there's two versions of one message is because there is so much revelation in scripture. How fun is it to get to tell the story, you know, to, to use the facts of scripture, but to like bring people into this was real. This really happened. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, so that was really fun. And then to go back and pull specific scriptures and read passages from, you know, verses 5 through 80 to be able to go, let's hone in on this part. Yeah. Let's highlight this particular verse as we're talking about listening to the message or, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. believing the promise or prophesying to the future. Let's hone in on this particular verse. But my hope is that everybody would go back and read the whole thing themselves yeah. and yeah. let it come alive for them. That's awesome. Is that, that leads me to question then too is, so you've spoken many times and you've given amazing messages before. Is that what your process kind of looks like all the time? Like God gives you a word and then you go and find the story and then like just hash it out from that. Is that how it always looks? Um, sometimes it's funny cause it's like songwriting. Do you start with a chorus or yeah. do you start with like yeah. four chords or whatever? 
I, it's different every time. My goal is always, my goal is to never write a message. My goal is to be with God, receive revelation and let him let me know. when that's a message Yeah. and mm, never yeah. just be in the word for the sake of getting a message. Yeah, that's great. And so for this in particular, as we kind of came towards, um, the Christmas season, I wanted to read. I wanted to be like my own personal time in scripture to be in these stories of what happened. So it wasn't just like, Oh, Christmas and the kids are going to put on the nativity play at preschool and, you know, yeah, yeah, I know the story. I wanted to like know the story, like mm-hmm. the grown-up version of the story, not the kids' Bible, like the real, the real thing. You know, and yeah. I think that's how I landed with that as a message: is God's just revelation, personal yeah. quiet time. It's so funny that you brought brought up like the season it being around Christmas time and like this desire to read because there's always been a tradition, like in my family, which I'm sure there's a tradition in a lot of people's families for we sit down on Christmas Eve and you read the the nativity story, right. you know, like, and it was like a big part. And I think mm-hmm. as a, as a kid, I took it for granted. I'm like, I get to hear this Caesar Augustus set out that there would be a right. census and like, <laughs> but you're right. Like the story that there and where the story begins, how much further back the story begins. Mm-hmm. is like, that's the fascinating and incredible yeah. part, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. Like- yeah. 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 The whole thing. <laughs> You know, we read the story to the kids and it's obviously not, I'm not giving them all of this, Yeah. Mm-hmm. but I do want them to experience the wonder of like, this was impossible and yeah. yet God did it. That's amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. Just to kind of wrap up, I'd love to hear what you, your hope is for people like in this, like what is their takeaway? Like what should we all walk away knowing or feeling after this message? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> Hmm. Um, Take I th- your time. <laughs> I think honestly, it's the the title of the message really is such a good sum up. Did you get my message? Like, did you? Did we get it? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, did people walk in and go, "Hang on for a minute, I'm just gonna like clear out the inbox and go, what are you saying, God? Like, if I took all of the noise away, visual noise or whatever, um, what are you saying to me, God? And then do I believe it? And what am I going to do with it? And how does it change my life from this point on? Because otherwise, like we're just ticking the church box, right? Mm-hmm. If we don't come in and then go, what are you saying to me, Holy Spirit, through the message every single week, then really we've just like, oh, good for you. You just heard an encouraging message. But if it doesn't mm-hmm. change something about the way you're living your life, then I feel like we're missing the God story in it for our own lives. Yeah. You're like, oh, that's mm-hmm. powerful. My friend should hear this. No, that's powerful. I need to hear this. And Personally, for me, I mean, sitting on the front row every week, hearing messages two times every week, I get something every single time. Mm-hmm. There's never yeah. a moment that I that I feel like I didn't get something out of that word. And that's the thing, right? Like, it doesn't matter how far you are on the journey of Christianity or believing in Jesus. You've never passed the point where you can't, like, be radically changed by a revelation from God in a single right. moment, which is awesome. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> We hope that you got something from that and it challenges you to grow. Please share it with someone who needs to hear it and reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on the message and this session. Until next time, God bless.